Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Just before I preach today, as we were worshipping, I just felt the Lord stir my heart and say there's some people here that you are not just feeling physically tired, busy year, you know, end of school, end of work, some of you are builders and everyone wants everything done before Christmas, that craziness that goes on coming into holidays, but I felt the Lord say some of you are feeling emotionally tired, physically tired you can have an extra sleep, spiritually tired you can just do some extra prayer or worship, but emotionally tired can sometimes just overwhelm you, you feel overwhelmed. And I just felt the Lord say, I want to touch people's hearts today. You saw a picture of someone, you said, I'm going to follow Jesus with all my heart. And that's what you've been doing. And I saw him actually had his, your hand and he was, but he seemed to be going faster than you wanted to go. And you're sort of, I can't keep up, Jesus. I can't keep up. I can't keep up. And he says, yes, you can. And this is what he said. He said, don't look at your limitations. Look at my abundant provision. And that's for emotional and physical and spiritual strength. This is exactly the picture I saw. So don't pull back and say, Lord, I'm going to stop looking just at my limitations and where I feel like I've run out or overwhelmed. Lift my eyes and just have a fresh look at who you are and what you've got. And I'm going to tap into that every day. If that word speaks to any of your hearts, let's reach up to heaven right now. Just reach your hand to heaven and say, Lord, I think I identify with that. And this is not to make you feel bad, this is to encourage you. Because the Lord's saying, hey, I see your heart, I see your... See, I feel the pressure that comes with the busyness of life and other people's expectations and, and just keeping up with family events. But Lord, right now, I just believe, as you lift your eyes to Jesus and say, Lord, I don't just look at my limitations, I look at your amazing resource. I look at your Holy Spirit's power. Lord, I look at your strength. I look at your joy. And Lord, the fruit of the Spirit, joy and peace. Lord, I just right now take my eyes off myself and I just lift fresh and I receive. The Holy Spirit right now is just walking up and down the aisles, right through in the rows and he's just touching people right now. By faith, that's right, just say, Lord, I lift my eyes to you afresh right now, Lord. Just refresh me of my emotions, refresh my mind, help me to see things just a little bit differently. Lord, refresh my body for some sleep. Lord, I pray tonight you'll give them really good sleep, Father. Lord, let a rest and a peace come over their bodies. And I pray, Holy Spirit, your amazing grace would just touch people's lives. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Just stay there for a moment. Just, just drink it in. Just to say, Lord, I'm just taking this moment to rest in you. Lord, I'm just taking a moment. For some of you, you're starting to see some things from a fresh perspective, or it's just touching your soul. So right now, just pour it in. Just pour it in. And just while we're standing here, the Holy Spirit's shown me that there's someone here, and you almost had a serious car accident in the last few weeks. You didn't get injured, but it put a real fear in you of traveling or driving. And I just feel the Holy Spirit say, I've protected you and I'll continue to protect you. Do not let fear rule your heart. If that's you, just reach up to heaven right now. Lord, I just pray that you'd release that trauma. And right now, release in Jesus' name. And I thank you for your peace filling their heart. Lord, I thank you for refreshing us because we're your people and you are our strength, Lord. And I just thank you for your Holy Spirit 
flowing and touching every heart and life today in the name of Jesus Christ. Let your word just refresh our souls today in his name. Amen. Let's take our seats. God bless you. So next Sunday, we've got a special day on. It's our concert on Sunday night. So 8.30 service is on as normal, but there's no 10.30 service next Sunday morning. So maybe you're here for the 8.30 day and you normally come for the 10.30. We're just not doing the 10.30 because the worship team need to be back early on the afternoon and give time for families to get back. And we invite everyone to come for Sunday night. We're starting at 5 o'clock with a chisel and jumping cast and all sorts of face painting and activities outside. Great time to share together in a cuppa. And then uh, it gets dark just after 6, about 6.30, we'll do our concert and we're going to have carols and items and it's just going to be an awesome night. So it's a great time to bring family and friends along um, to church next Sunday night. But at 8.30, we'll be on as normal. Wow. Open your Bibles to Philippians 4 verse 4. Really exciting scriptures and sometimes a very annoying scripture. Have you got any of those? You think, God, that's an awesome scripture, but how do you live that out? This is one of those. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I tell you, rejoice, just in case you didn't get it first time. I love this scripture, but it's also very annoying when you don't feel like rejoicing. When you're going through disappointment or discouragement or tiredness or grief, and you think, God, really? It's okay when we're in church and the band's cranking and everyone's happy and wow, we'll rejoice then. The Lord says, rejoice in the Lord always. And there must be a way to do that. And I started to realize that rejoicing and joy is not just an emotion. If it's just an emotion, then we'll do it when we're feeling great and when we've just had a breakthrough and we've passed that exam and and our friends just come to Jesus and and, uh, someone's put $10,000 in our spectacle. Yeah, we'll be rejoicing when that happens. Woo! But it says rejoice in the Lord always. Can I say rejoice? Lord, you're going to have to help us get a handle on this. Now, I realize it's not just an emotion. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit, and joy can come out of your soul, out of your spirit, regardless of what's happening around you. If our eyes are on Jesus and we learn His presence and power, overflow our lives. The Amplified says, rejoice in the Lord always, delight, take pleasure in Him. That's, that's a good, helpful understanding. Again, I say rejoice. The message says, celebrate God all day, every day. I mean, revel in Him. That's good. Just celebrate Him. And if you celebrate Him, guess what? Joy starts to fill your soul because like we sang today, how great how great. And you look at our issues, our challenges, the world around us and all the amazing challenging needs. But when we see Him, something starts to happen inside of our souls and we find a strength come. Nehemiah 8.10 is a little verse. They were in the middle of the building of the wall and all the opposition was coming and, and it says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. I found when my heart, I have greater emotional, physical, and spiritual strength. When I lose my joy, I get discouraged. I start to think limiting or negative thoughts, saying, oh, I don't think I can do that. I don't think I can keep up. But when I have a sense of God's strength and joy, and my eyes are focused more on Him than on my limitations or other people's 
issues, I find that the joy is our strength. There's a beautiful verse in Psalm 16:11 in the New King James it says, "You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy." Not just a little bit, not like this glass it's only half full or 3 quarters full. Fullness of joy, and when God says fullness it means it's overflowing. Not just full to the top, it's actually bubbling over. So it says, Show me the path of life, it is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. That's now and into eternity. Some people push these verses, when we get to heaven we'll have that. But no, it's from now into eternity. Because when you get saved, you receive eternal life. So eternity starts from the day you get saved in your walk with God. Don't put these things till just when you get to heaven. So God gives us the ability to live in His presence. Bill Johnson writes, I was ocean just recently, there would be more joy in the house of God if we became more aware of the one who is in the house. Have a little think about that. There would be more joy in the house of God if we became more aware of the one who is in house. Wow, wow, wow. Because we're human beings and we have so many things into our minds and our emotions and our thoughts and into our bodies, into our atmosphere. But the more aware we become of Jesus, the Son of the living God, the one who sent His Holy Spirit to be within us and throw the more we're of Him, the more joy and freedom comes in our hearts. That's what I've discovered. When more of us get in unity about that, God's presence just multiplies and magnifies. How awesome it is when you're alone with God and you have an amazing moment whether it's in your special devotions chair at home or walking the beach or wherever you do your worship or prayer or reading the scripture. How awesome when you have a personal encounter with God. Awesome and how precious it when a whole pile of us come together and we have the manifest presence of God come in a magnified because we're all connecting with Jesus. That's the power of corporate worship and the beauty of individual devotion to Christ. We need both. God knows we need both. And I just want to encourage you today that we can live out this scripture, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. For some people who, we regularly get overwhelmed or discouraged, or, oh, that verse, that's just impossible to live out. God doesn't write stuff that's impossible, but we need to find out how we can walk in the fullness of that, because I can tell you now, joy is contagious. Isn't that awesome? You know, you can, you can be at a workplace, everyone's moping around and, and the boss has been so difficult. And all of a sudden, a new employee comes on board. They don't know all the rubbish that's going on. They're just full of joy. Wow, what an opportunity to, to work here. And you're saying, oh, really? Just wait for a few weeks. But they don't change. They just, they just keep going with this joy. And it's come. How come? And if you're a believer and you've got joy, it can get contagious. It can be annoying sometimes. Stay and look for long enough. It can actually change your attitude. It can change everyone else around. There is a proverb that says, don't be too joyful first thing in the morning if people are only half awake. The neighbours will be annoyed. So don't, don't sing at the top of your voice so the whole street can hear at 5.30 in the morning in your excited devotions. There's a time and a place, 
fade your joy either because joy is contagious and can turn people's hearts and help them see knowing God is an abundant life. Don't hide that. It's an abundant life. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Because people after a while say, how come, how come you've just got a peace or a happiness or a joy in the middle of all that's going on in your family? And you've got to be honest and say, well, Jesus, and, and each day I talk with him and just share my burdens with him, and he gives me a peace and a strength and a joy. That getting, it really does. We went to this wedding yesterday, and it was amazing joy. I got a phone call three months ago from a guy called Luke, and he used to be in our church 20 years ago on the Sunshine Guys. Hadn't seen him for 20 years. And he rings me from Sydney and says, my fiance and I would like you to do our wedding. I said, Luke, that's awesome. Where are you? I had no idea. I hadn't had any contact for 20 years. So he was in Sydney. That'd be awesome. So we organized that for yes. I said, you'll have to go to a, a pastor to get the paperwork signed. He hadn't been to church for decades. Really nice young guy. Grew up with some of our kids on the coast. And uh, his mum is a full-on Christian. His dad's sort of been in and out of the journey of faith. I met his brother two years ago at the Brisbane airport. I was heading to India on a mission trip, and his brother is a missionary in Cambodia. I hadn't seen him for about 15 years, and I met him there about to head off. And they've set up a school in Cambodia and just reaching all these people. So I said, you have to go to a pastor or a church to get your paperwork signed. It's got to be witnessed with you. So I didn't tell him which church to go to. I said... Just find an Australian Christian church as one like ours. So he found one a kilometre away, went and got the paperwork done, and he came up, and a few weeks later, he rang me and says, do you get the paperwork? I said, yep. I said, what church do you go to? He said, oh, this one down the road. He said, it's really good. We've been going. <laughs> they met the pastor that signed the paperwork, and he must have been an awesome guy. He just says, why don't you come along and check it out? She's never had any church background, and she's loving it. I don't know if they're saved yet, but we had a great day at the wedding yesterday, and Marilyn and I just spent all night talking to people about Jesus and and wanting to know. It was pouring rain, so I had to cut the service really short, so I didn't have time to really sow too much of the gospel in there, but it was enough, and the presence of God touches lives. And I thought, Lord, you are... And it turned out the cooks, serving for the wedding, used to be in our youth group 25 years ago, and hadn't seen him for that long. I thought, Lord, you are amazing. When you love God, the seeds sown, every now and then you'll have the joy of seeing the reaping and the fruit. And it just, we came home just so full of joy, saying, God, you are amazing. And he wants to fly through. So joy is contagious. Don't hide it, but don't swamp people with it unwisely. But don't hide it. Let it come out. Of I want to look at a few things in the Bible. Where does joy come from? Number one, it comes from the Holy Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 6 says, You became imitators of us and of the Lord. In spite of a severe suffering, you welcomed the message with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. They were in a time of persecution and, and tough times. But it says the joy that came from the Holy Spirit sustained them and kept them strong and kept them alive and kept them believing even in the midst of some persecution. Galatians 5.22 says it's the fruit of the Spirit, which we know. Most of you have learnt this off by heart. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, second one mentioned, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. We talked about that a few weeks ago. Self-control is a challenging one, but let's talk about joy today. It's a happy one. But it's a fruit of the Spirit. So at the moment flow in our lives and we worship and pray and, and respond and obey, 
they, that fruit grows and joy is one of the fruit that grows in your life. So I've never had a lot of joy in my life. Let me tell you, if you hang around Jesus and let his fruit grow in your life, joy will be one of the ones that will grow. And people say, you've changed. That is the fruit. Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Joy should be a great sign of being a follower of Jesus Christ. Don't mope around. Don't be faced and overwhelmed all the time. And, and people say, if that's the sort of Christian, if that's what Christianity is, I don't want to have that. We should be saying, wow, they've got something I don't have. There's a reality, there's an authenticity, there's a joy and a peace that, wow, that, there's something about that that I want. If you're a parent and you're teaching your kids the ways of God, let them see joy and love and hope that grow up and be like that. Not just telling them all the scriptures and all they should do and not to do. That's the teaching part. But if you have a lifestyle of joy and freedom, people will want to run after that. Kids will want to run after it because that is what will draw their heart. And Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of of the Holy Spirit. So God's a God of hope and He'll fill you with all joy and peace. And some of us at the end about to get overwhelmed and, and just struggling, but I want to encourage you today, just tap in afresh to that joy of the Holy Spirit. Often you see hope and joy found together in Scripture and in life. So firstly, joy comes from the Holy Spirit. Secondly, thanksgiving stirs up joy. When you start to thank God, get stirred up as well. Psalm 30 verse 4 and 5 says, Sing to the Lord, you saints of His, probably name, for His anger lasts only a moment, but His favour lasts a lifetime. Weeping may remain for a night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. God knows that there are times of weeping in this life. There are times of disappointment and brokenness and grief and pain. When you lose a job or, or you go through the grief of life, or you've set some goals and other people get in the way and stop them being achieved. And we can get angry and negative and frustrated. Or we can say, God, I don't quite understand that. But I know that you're a good God and I'm going to keep rejoicing in you. That's an attitude and a choice. And let me tell you, God's strength will come. It goes on in verse 11. You turn my wailing into dancing. You remove my sackcloth and clothe me with joy was mourning clothes. It's just like it, like it sounds like. Sacks that were cut out and put over and they had ash and everything. They Mate, some of those Middle Eastern people, when they mourned, they mourned for a whole week, sometimes for a month. They had professional mourners. What an awesome job. You go down to the employment age, any jobs about? Yeah, we need three mourners for the next six months. Whoa, you mean I'm going to cry every day? Yep, go and help people cry out their grief. What an awesome job that would be, eh? I'd last about 30 seconds. <laughs> but it says God will turn your mourning into dancing. That's what happened when Jesus did come into church and he turns into dancing. And you can keep doing that all of your life. That's the joy of God. And it goes on and says, And my heart may sing to you and not be silent. Wow. Lord my God, I will give you thanks for ever. I was brought up in a farming area and farmers are notoriously good at complaining. It's either too hot or too cold, it's too wet or too dry. There's always something, you know. 
They get a good crop and then the prices are too low. But my dad and mum, they decided not to be complaining farmers. They decided that every time it rained, whether it was a little bit or a big bit, they thank, gave thanks to God. And uh, they just gave thanks for whatever was happening. And I think it would be an example of trusting and giving thanks no matter what's happening around our lives. Third, when you've got joy, praise will come out of your heart. So you give thanks and it brings joy. And then when you've got joy, you need to express it. Psalm 100, verse 1 and 2, shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. We get occasional people coming to our church say, boy, you're a noisy bunch. You're just singing and clapping and shouting. Well, we've just read the Bible and it's okay to do it. Encourage hundreds of times to do it. Shout joyfully to the Lord of all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness and delight. I thank God the people who serve on our frontline teams and greet us at the door, whether they've had a really good night's sleep or not, they're there with a handshake and welcoming you with joy and a smile. They're serving the Lord with gladness. So whatever your role of service is, whether you're serving your, serving your husband and wife, serving in the kids' ministry, serving as you look after and care for people in the community, people over the counter in your workplace or your shop, whatever we do, if you're going to serve, you might as well do it with gladness and with delight. I've just determined a long time ago, if I'm going to serve God, I'm going to do it with all my heart, wholeheartedly. I'm going to do it with delight and with joy. That's what the Bible tells us to do. Serve the Lord with gladness and joy. It's a, so I don't feel like it. I've learned a long time ago to acknowledge your feelings, but don't live out of them the whole time. God calls us and helps us to grow in that understanding. Come before his presence with joyful singing. That's what we do in church. Joyful singing, because that's what the Bible tells us. Fourthly, there was great joy when Jesus came to this earth. We're just about at Christmas. Luke 2, 10 and 11 says, But the angel said to the shepherds, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. Woo! Great joy. That will be for all the people today in the town of David. A saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. So Christmas time, it's a time we focus in on Jesus coming to earth. What a great time of joy. Don't be overwhelmed with all the busyness, presents and all the food and the rallies and the in-laws and outlaws that are coming and, and all that sort of stuff. Don't be swamped by it all. Just say to remember that this was the most joyous thing that ever happened on earth was when you came and helped me to have some joy and celebration and delight in it, walking through the busyness of the demands of the Christmas season. Next one, Jesus' resurrection caused great joy. Well, they thought it was all over. Matthew 26, 5 to 8 says, The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you're looking for Jesus, who was, he's not here, he is risen, just as he said, Come and see the place where he lay, then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and, it, and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There will, you will see him. Now I have told you, so the woman, women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy. And ran to tell the disciples. They were afraid, uncertain, what's going to happen, but they were filled with joy. So you can still be afraid and rest in truth. You can still be filled with joy at the same time because their spirit leapt with joy when they heard the news that Jesus had truly risen from the dead. Here's another one that, where it says, 
great joy comes when you start to serve him and exercise the authority God's given you in his name to set other people free. Jesus sends out the, the 12 and he two, and Luke 10 verse 17 says, The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. They returned with joy because they saw that God, the name of Jesus was as powerful as he said and what they'd seen. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. I'm Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord on earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. How awesome is this? Jesus sends them out. They come back so excited. They found out if they pray in the name of Jesus, people are getting healed. Demons are leaving. People are getting set free and hope. They're so excited about that. And Jesus said, that's awesome. But the must rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. But then it says Jesus was full of joy. The Amplified said he was so forcing and overflowing with delight and celebration. I reckon he was jumping up and down on the spot. Sometimes we see Jesus so austere and religious. That's not what he was really like. There's one of the movies on Jesus years ago I thought got close to the truth. When he healed the little boy, there he is jumping up and down and dancing around in a circle with the little boy that just got healed. I reckon that's probably... Or the blind man, when he started to see, Jesus is probably enjoying the journey as he's discovering sight. Sometimes we, we, we put gox. When I think if you really look at the life of Jesus, there was so much joy and freedom and celebration and fun that we sometimes make it just a little bit too boring and religious. If your Christian life's a bit mundane and boring, loosen up and let the joy of the Lord be your strength. And let me tell you, you'll be contagious and other people say, what have you got? God, let that joy overflow our hearts. Salvation and miracles bring great joy. In Acts 8, it says, those who had been scattered, verse 4, preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria, proclaimed the Christ there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the miraculous signs he did, they all paid close attention to what he said. With shrieks, evil spirits came out of many. Many paralytics and cripples were healed. So there was great in that city. The whole city was full of joy because people were getting healed and set free from all the addiction holds of darkness. Wow, I long for the day when Harvey Bay is full of joy and that's the topic on everyone's lips throughout the shopping centres and throughout the streets and the schools and the homes because there's so many people getting saved and set free and healed and, and set free from addictions and strongholds that there's great joy in the city. I long for that day. It's going to happen because I've read the scriptures and when we let Jesus loose in our lives and in our community, there will be great joy, great joy. We're going to have baptisms every Sunday to keep up with what God's doing. God showed me that when I first arrived. The days are coming where you'll be baptizing lots of people every Sunday. Some people say, oh, that can't happen. Well, it won't if you don't believe for it, but I just do. And I'm, there's a few people here who do, and I believe it can happen. That there's great joy across the city. Lives are being transformed. Here's another good one. Parenting brings joy. Proverbs 3, 24 and 25 says, The father of a righteous man has Great joy. He who has a wise son delights in him. May your father and mother be glad. May she who gave you birth rejoice. Wow. Being parents. 
can be a great joy in our lives. Yep, there's busyness, there's tiredness, there's all the other stuff that goes with that. But there's great joy as you see the first smile. There's great joy when you see them start to walk. There's great joy to comprehend. Great joy when they open their hearts to Jesus. Great joy as they find their path in life. What a privilege that is. A couple more today. Fruitfulness and fulfillment brings joy. John 15 verse 8. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. As the Father has loved you, now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, obeyed my Father's commands, and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Wow, how's that? God doesn't want you just to have a little bit of joy every now and then. He wants you to have complete joy. You mean, is life got to be just this amazing happy experience no happiness is basis. but joy comes from the holy spirit and it's a fruit that grows out of your heart and it's an added choice that you can give thanks and rejoice even in the most challenging things paul and silas learned that in the darkest prison they started to pray and give thanks to god and god couldn't resist and he came and shook the prison they got free and all the other prisoners got free and the jailer and all his family got saved because they chose to rejoice in the Lord even times. Doesn't always turn around that quick. But boy, there's something happens when we just don't give up. At rejoicing. An answered prayer brings great joy. John 16, 22. So with you now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice. And no one will take away your joy. In that day you will no longer ask me anything. I tell you the truth. My Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything and ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. Wow, wow, it's your joy. What are some of the things that rob your joy? We all know those, sin, guilt, shame and condemnation. They rob your joy real fast. Discouragement and disappointment, loss of hope and faith, fear. You don't fear, will you? You lose your joy and focus real fast. Pressure of people or circumstances, that's where a lot of us live rejection when you're in physical pain it's really harder to it's harder to rejoice but i've learned that if you keep your heart god and let some thanksgiving come god helps you and sometimes the pain even loses its stronghold over your thinking and life because god's spirit comes and sometimes you can lose your joy when you're unable to function your gift or calling if you're called to do something in life naturally you can really get frustrated and lose joy if there's no place or space or opportunity for you to function or you let fear rule functioning in your gift god calls us to let that go god's come to bring his presence over our hearts and our lives isaiah 61 1 to 3 says the spirit of the sovereign lord is on me because the lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to bring the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all, provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. I love that. God takes one out and replaces it with the other. How awesome is that? Clothed with a spirit of praise. 
They will be called oaks of righteousness, planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. Instead of their shame, my people will receive a double portion. Instead of disgrace, they'll in their inheritance. And so they will inherit a double portion of their land and everlasting joy will be theirs. There's that joy word again. Everlasting joy. Oh God, really? Do you know what we go through in life? He says, yes, I do. I, that's why I came and walked on this earth. And my spirit is very aware of everything we go through, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And God's grace is there and saying, if you keep looking to me, take a few steps on the journey, you can find a joy in the midst of the difficulty and pain. And there will be emotions. There are times where it's tough. We all have them. There are times where you can't quite see the sun shining. But as we keep our eyes upon Jesus, He will give us joy. Your strength to move forward and walk through the difficult time. The joy of the Lord is out. We're going to come around communion and take just a few moments to let this word just sink in our hearts. We've just got 10 minutes before we finish our service. And I'm going to invite the team to come and distribute communion, the worship team to come. And just got a couple other scriptures I want to read as we come around communion. But I want you just to meditate on the truth of this. This is not to beat you up if you've been really overwhelmed, but this is to keep saying, wow, Lord, I believe your word. Lord, I'm going to grow in this. Maybe as parents you've struggled to rejoice in your children because maybe there's disabilities or there's just behaviors that are just really, really overwhelming. I want to say, give thanks to God for each child. Pray blessing on them every day. Lord, help us to enjoy this journey. 126 says, When the Lord brought back the captives to Zion, we were like men who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, with songs of joy. This is the people coming out of um, slavery back to the promised land. Then I was, it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we are filled with joy. That's why we're singing these songs. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow in tears will songs of joy. There are times when in prayer you sow in tears, praying for that breakthrough in a family, praying and believing for God's grace to be in our business or in our marriage. You sow in tears, but it says if you keep sowing in tears, it says you will reap with joy. It says, he who goes out weeping, carrying seed to sow. So even in the midst of trial you are still sowing seeds of truth and the scriptures and, the, and you're still sowing words of hope even in the midst of the challenge if you carry seed with you through the times it says you will return with songs of joy carrying sheaves or the harvest or the fruit of changed lives with you how awesome is that it might be a week or a month or a year or a decade or in the couple I married yesterday, 20 years before you see the fruit. But carry some seed and keep sowing love and truth and kind promises. One more scripture as we're just receiving those emblems. Isaiah 12, 1 to 6. I remember singing this as a song when I was a kid. One of those scriptures in song. It says, surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, Lord himself is my strength and my defense. 
He has become my salvation. Let's stand in His presence as we hold these emblems. Then verse 3 is the one that got, I woke up the other morning with this in my soul, singing this song, which I haven't sung for 20 or 30 years. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. In that day, you will say, give praise to the Lord, proclaim His name, make known among the nations what He has done, and proclaim that His name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for He has done glorious things. Let this be known to all the world. Shout aloud and sing for joy. Therefore, with joy shall you draw water of salvation. As we hold the emblems today, it reminds us that Jesus came to the cross, shed his blood to forgive us our sins, so that we could come into salvation, that he's our Savior and Lord. And in that gift of salvation, the Bible there says you can draw joy out of the wells of salvation. So salvation is a spiritual transaction, result and fruit in every area of our lives. So when we realize afresh the power of the gift of salvation that cleanses us from sin, gives us hope, sets us free from the strongholds and schemes of the enemy, gives us a pathway forward of blessing. It says, with joy you shall draw living water out of the wells of salvation. Some of us, we need to apply that afresh today and say, Lord, just close your eyes for a moment. Just ask Holy Spirit, what's that mean to me? Therefore, with joy shall I draw water out of the wells of salvation. Lord, thank you for salvation, the gift you've given me. And Lord, teach me what this means, to draw from that well. To draw water out. You've actually got to go and put a bucket or a, or a rope and, and do it. And Lord, what's that mean spiritually? That I can draw, I can remember, I can give you thanks, I can, I can celebrate. All these emblems say, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Hebrews 12 says, Joy that was set before him, Jesus endured the shame and the suffering of the cross. And that joy was seeing you and I become sons and daughters of the King. Wow. When you have that sort of joy, you can walk through it and there'll be a song in your heart. Father, thank you for the gift of sin. Thank you for your joy. And Lord, today we partake of this bread. Reminds us of your sacrifice for us, for your death. We take the cup, which reminds us of your shed blood. Let's eat and drink together. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.